while you're here guys, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of my awesome strength content. Okay guys, welcome to Talking Strongman. This is a very special show. I am joined by Dan Hipkiss, coach, to Luke and Tom Stoltman, the newly crowned World's Strongest Man. How does it feel to be the coach of the current World's Strongest Man? Oh, well, you saying it has given me goosebumps. And I've spent the past 24 hours mixed between laughing a lot and crying. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty incredible. It's been an emotional, well... I mean, weak, basically, the, the the whole world's strongest man experience. And I mean, you know, we're about within that similar situation. We wanted to be over there watching the guys, yeah. supporting them. And the way you have to find out results these days, if, if you can't get over there, you know, you're waiting for text messages to come in, people updating things on spreadsheets. And you don't know that those things are factual as well. You know, so yeah, it's, it's super, it's so much more stressful than than it needs to be. I know myself, like, competing was just so much easier. Yeah, I mean, I wish I was strong enough to have <laughs> an easy job. Well, it's been an amazing kind of week, and we'll, we'll kind of talk more about Worlds, but I want to start off with how you actually got involved with the Stoltmans. You know, I, I think it was Tom that you, you first started working with, is that right? Yeah, so I went over to UK's strongest man in Belfast um, when I was coaching and working with Paul Smith. Um, and I met Tom there. And I was, you know, I've said to the lads before, like, I was sort of guilty of Luke being Tom's brother rather than, you know, he's Luke Stoltman. Like, he's a phenomenal athlete. But, you know, for a while, I just sort of knew Tom. Um, and we're sort of similar ages. Um, both on the spectrum as well. So, you know, just sort of really clicked, seemed to understand each other. Um, and we just chatted all the time. And then he, I think it was 2019, his luggage got lost um, on the way to World's Strongest Man. And I ended up, I was messaging Rogue, messaging Nike, like messaging people out in the States, like, can someone get a pair of size 17 shoes to Florida? Um, and then Tom ended up coming fifth in that event, which, you know, is a phenomenal result. But I said to Tom sort of outright, like, you know, fifth is really good, but you know you should be winning this competition. Like, you've got the potential to... I believe Tom's got the potential to be, you know, five times if he, if he wants to. And I think being that that sort of blunt with Tom about it, he just, you know, I said, look, give me three months. Like, I'll give, do you a plan. We'll see how it goes. If you don't like it, we'll never talk again. Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, in a sure. professional way. Um, and from there, just started working, put 20 kilos on his deadlift in that three months. So that's you know, it was quite a good introduction to working together. And then uh, last year, obviously, got second at Worlds. And then sort of after Luke went for the 230, um, he was sort of just doing his own thing, but he was following 
Tom's training plan ish. Yeah. Like, um, and I'd been saying to Tom, like, look, I'd rather coach Luke than him follow a plan that's not for him. Sure. But it never sort of clicked. It's quite a while of, I think Luke just wanted to be his own athlete. And then I sent him a message and just said, look, my world is coming up. Like, what do you reckon? Like you've been doing Tom's plan, but you know, there's stuff that Tom's doing that won't suit you. And I'd be much happier if, you know, I could actually help him. Yeah, they've got different strengths and weaknesses and yeah. obviously you need to focus on your, what you as an athlete need to focus on. Yeah, so he he said he was sat with Cushy at the time and he had literally just said to Cush, like, I think I'm going to message Dan, I need to get a coach. And my message popped up on his phone. So, you know, the stars aligned and that's it. So we've been like 12 weeks working with Luke. So it's been, been a tense, tense one to start with. I bet it has. Prepping a, an athlete, of, I mean, obviously both of these guys are great athletes, you know. Oh, phenomenal. As, as coaches, we're, we're, we're lucky when we get to work with such phenomenally talented athletes. But it's honing those skills that they need and making them understand, firstly, like you did with Tom, making him believe that he's capable. And then looking at the where they're dropping points. They don't need to be necessarily the best at everything, but you've got to make sure there's no weaknesses when you're competing at the top level of not just strongman, but any sport. Um, 100%, yeah. I mean, it's been... I remember competing against Tom in 2017, I think, UK's Strongest Man. And yeah. you see then he had so much potential. Just this, I mean, what is he, six foot nine? Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's a real monster. <laughs> like, you can't coach that. No, ridiculous wingspan and athletic with it. You know, just naturally athletic. He can move well. He just, his only weakness back then was the mental side. Yes. A couple of a couple of weaknesses in terms of events, but the mental side was the biggest weakness. But you could just see this potential. And I, I was a crafty old veteran. I had to use every trick in the book to beat him. <laughs> you know, I was I was trying to sort of, you know, not, not be nasty, but I'm trying to sort of do what I need to do to, to, to win the competition. And, yeah. you know, I managed to sort of break him a little bit, if, if, if for want of a better word. I think he sort of got to the point where, it was close, it was close, and then I just sort of started to drift ahead, and then he was like, okay, I'm young, I've got next year, which is absolutely true, and, you know, yeah. developing as an athlete, that's exactly what you do. You, you, your confidence grows each year. But what's really impressed me with Tom is that he's had a number of setbacks, and he's come back from them. I think it was, was it Britain's Strongest Man 2018? Where, yeah. I think it was 2018. Yeah. I might be wrong, but... Um, he, Whereas he, last place, I think. And yeah, and, and that... I've seen a lot of guys do something like that and never come back. And, yeah. you know, because, because Tom was starting to get a lot of pressure. So people were saying, this guy is going to be the world's strongest man. He's, he's an amazing athlete. He's destined to do it. And I've seen other people in that situation and they get that devastating result and it breaks them. And I think for Tom, it was the best thing for him because yeah. after that, he just became a machine. And then we've seen that progress has just been so rapid working with yourself. I believe he's working with like psychologists now and, you know, yeah, works um, with um, who's, I've never, I've per, as a coach, you know, I'm a really big believer in the psychology side of it, but never 
worked alongside a psychologist. And, you know, I think nutrition in Strongman is really picking up. Coaching in Strongman is picking up. And I think sports psychology is going to be sort of the next thing that people should be working on to get that. You know, it might it could be a couple of percent, but, you know, Tom won Worlds by two points. Like, you don't need many percent. At that level, it makes a big, big difference. And I think that's what we're seeing is, is the professionalism now in the sport. You know, when I was competing at World's Strongest Man, there was maybe one or two guys that had a coach. And, and yep. as as you sort of got as I got towards the end of my career, a couple of couple more people had coaches, a few people had nutritionists, but but not everyone. Now everyone's got a coach, everyone's got a nutritionist, and now there's the psychological aspects being looked in. Um, got, the guys are looking at other sports to to learn from, and I think as the sport grows, the athletes are just as you say there, looking for that one or two percent extra that does separate you at that level because. Everyone, everyone that goes to Worlds is a ridiculously strong man. I think people sometimes forget that. It's- yeah, it's, um, it's a caveat that, you know, I've been doing a few chats with Dale from 3D Strength. Yeah. And we've said at the start of most of them, like, if we're saying someone's bad in a, at an event, they're still in the top 10 in the world at that yeah. event. They're just, you know, so-and-so's bad at stones but you're comparing them to Tom. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true. I've, I've been in that situation so many times, obviously talking about strongman a lot now, but even as a competitor, I used to get told, or people used to say I was rubbish at Atlas Stones because they'd see me against Tom Stoltman or something like that. But then when people competed against me and I was like, you know, I lifted, I've lifted a 220 kilo stone at my best. It's not, it's not too bad. But at that top level, you do have good and bad days sometimes. And, yep. you know, like you say, if you're not the very best, then people just say you're crap, which is, <laughs> it's harsh as an athlete, but it's just not the, the case at all. These guys are all so exceptionally good. And, um, you know, what's been evident with, with your work with, with both of the guys, actually, Tom and Luke, is their consistency across all the events seems to be better now. Yeah, I think... Um... I mean, even looking at last year, like Novikov wasn't a standout competitor. You know, the deadlift was phenomenal, but, you know, he was just really consistent. People have won World's Strongest Man without winning events. Yeah. And, you know, it's not about... To me, it's... There's the best deadlifters, so you should be beating them on press. The best pressers you want to beat on deadlift... The best people moving, you beat on stones. And then if you can do all of that, then you saw, like, after two events, Tom having a seven-point lead. Unbelievable. Uh, Yeah, but that's just through, like, he won both events, but the people below him were somewhere amazing at the first event, but bad at the second. And it just, it creates gaps, and it can create massive wins, or it can, like, in Brian's case, make a really big comeback. So it's... Well, before we talk about the final, I want to talk about the heats because, I mean, I I expected Tom to get through the heats. That was kind of, I think most people did. Even if worst case scenario is in the stone off, he is the best stone lifter in the world. I don't care what anyone says. 
Tom Stoltman is the best stone lifter on the planet right now. And I think the fact that it was that it would come down to a, a like most reps on a stone really suited him anyway. Um, but Luke was put into <laughs> I mean, every group there was tough this year. When you look at the, the athletes on paper, they, you know, sometimes you, you do look at groups and say, oh, that's a little bit easy. Every group was tough this year. But that group particularly, you had five, four guys in that group that potentially all could have been top five. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like we've said, everyone who's that world's strongest man, one, deserves to be there, and two, is there for a reason. You know, they are capable of becoming the world's strongest man or at least going for the top five or making the final. You know, there's guys who were almost written off who ended up in the final and were phenomenal. But one of those groups has got to have the world's strongest man in it from last year. But it also happened to have a whole host of phenomenal athletes who, like you said, four of them you could easily see challenging for the podium. And yeah, Novikov being in a group is, um, is as a coach, you know, you look at the, the list that pops up and you just go, oh yeah, that group's good. Oh, Tom's got a good group. That group's good. But where's Luke? Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, what, what was Luke like when he saw that group? Did he, did he talk to you about it? Yeah, so, you know, Luke traditionally has sort of been of the view that he's sort of there as Tom's support. Whether he's really thought that or if it's been subconscious, that's been there. But this year, Luke was flying out to Sacramento to be the world's strongest man. And we discussed beforehand, like, in order to do that, you will have to beat Novikov. So you either beat him in the group and make the final a bit easier or you beat him in the final. Like, at some point, if you want to win the title, you have to beat everyone there. So I think a year ago, it would have been a bit more of a thing. But this year, it was just, you know, a group of guys who he's got to beat. And I, I, I thought it was evident that Luke went out there to win this year. I, yeah. I was I was a little concerned at the start because he has sometimes, and whether it's subconsciously or not, gone into that role of I need to look after Tom. Yeah. And the, the thing is, when you know Luke and you've trained with Luke and you've seen him compete, you know how good an athlete he is. Yeah, he's you know, scary. Man. He's such oh, a good competitor. Yeah. And I think from the first day, I was like, Luke's here to to, to fight. You know, you could tell even even on the deadlift, which is notoriously his his weakest event at this yeah. level now. He still performed really well on the deadlift, managing yeah. to you know get get some points on that. He he smashed the overhead medley. He was you know just performing consistently well throughout the whole contest. I think was he not pretty much second on almost every event in that group. Yeah, I think so. He was. Um, I mean, Luke. I like we've said before, Tom's built to win World's Strongest Man, it's clear that at some point he would win it and he will win it again. But Luke, it, it's hard to say, everyone's determined to win. But you know when you spend time with someone and you think, bloody hell, like, he wants to win. Like, yeah. And it's, 
he's just so so focused on the goal and willing to work so hard so open as well you know he's they've put in videos of doing their cold water stuff like Luke went to see a shamanic healer like he's done anything that he thought could give him one percent like he's done and he's just totally committed to battling to be the world's strongest man one day it's amazing to see the progress of those two because you know I've, I've i've been i've seen both of them through their whole career you know i remember yeah, of course. I forget uh, your uh, when was your first worlds my first worlds was 2008 so i've been yeah. doing it a long time i remember competing against luke at his first britain's strongest man you know and you could see there was potential there but he didn't really have any kit, you know, he was just, I think he turned up, he competed in Scotland's Strongest Man, won Scotland's, without really knowing what he's doing, ended up at Britain's Strongest Man, and you could see there was potential there, but he, he needed some refinements, but he was obviously working away on, on the oil rigs, and yeah. it's hard for him to commit 100% to the sport. The last few years, he's committed 100%, and his progress has just been rapid because of that. Yeah, it's, it's a shame he wasn't... Well, it's a shame the sport wasn't in a position where that was viable earlier on. But, you know, if you think... I think we watched some videos of that Britain's Strongest Man and Luke failed a 140 log. Yeah. So it's log for reps and you got no reps with 140. And he's, um, he's improved a bit. You could say that. <laughs> I mean... to. Let's move to the final anyway, because both guys made the final. Um, first event, the the medley, the, the yoke into the frame carry. How had their training been going on that? Really good. So we've been... A big thing I focus on with moving events is, say, over 20 metres. For the first period of the training, we'll just set the target as being, say, sub-10 seconds or sub-9 seconds and not really focus on the weight to start with. Yeah. Because if you can't move quickly with a lightweight, you're really not going to move quickly with a heavyweight. And then we've just slowly increased the weight, slowly got, you know, edging it up a bit, doing loads of grip work, um, you know, a lot of hanging off bars, a lot of, like, axle holds, just a lot of getting better at holding on. And then, yeah, I mean... It, it went well. <laughs> like, well it, went really, it went really well. I mean, Tom's time was blistering. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I expected a one and two in that event going into it. And without... I mean, I think World's Strongest Man might have shared it, so we may be able to say. But Luke dropped the frame about three metres short and still got that time. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, I, I've, I've always known that Tom particularly is good at the yoke. Yeah. Both of them in the past weren't amazing at farmers or frame. No, Britain's Strongest Man frame is a heartbreaking one. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, as a coach, my, like you've, well, you've always said in a lot of your videos is, work on your weaknesses. They don't need to get better at running with a yoke. No. Not much better. But if you're not going to finish a frame run, then, you know, you could do that yoke in two seconds. But 
if it takes you 40 to get the frame across, then it's pointless. Sure. So, perfect start for Tom on that event. Yeah. He, he, that, that, that had to be the start that, that he wanted. Obviously, when you win that first event, in, in a, in, I've been in that situation, when you win that first event, it motivates you. And you're like, right, I'm not letting this lead go. And, and it does. I mean, it's great to make a comeback and, and, you know, come from behind. But being ahead just pushes you on that little bit more. And you know you're going to get to go last on the next event. So you, can, you get that advantage of seeing where people make mistakes. And it, it is a huge advantage. Yeah, I, I mean, tactically, it's massive. Like you say, you're going out last on the next event. You'll know what you have to do. You get a little bit extra rest as well. Like, everything's... But psychologically, like, you've started winning World's Strongest Man. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, you especially, can't do better. I think especially going into an event like the, the Titans Turntable, which is an unfamiliar event. It's not like a truck pull or, or like events that we've seen these guys do regularly. It, it's one that, I mean, how did you guys train for that? So what we did was get the crossbar of a yoke and then using like lifting straps, you know, like crane straps, uh, attached it to the back of Luke's pickup. So they were pushing against the bar. Okay. Because we knew there'd be, it'd be a solid bar. So, because they said, oh, we could use a harness. And I was like, but it won't be a harness. You won't get used to that pressure yeah. on your chest. You've got to feel what it's like. It's going to be uncomfortable. It'll be weird. And then when I was up there for Tom's last run, uh, Luke's truck's automatic. So I started it in drive with my foot on the brake. <laughs> so for the first 10 seconds, Tom was pulling against a truck that was trying to drive away and then put it in neutral and just kept my foot on the brake so they just knew you know they're doing like 40 meter runs with it so it's we you know train hard win easy but yeah they really trained hard for that one that's brutal <laughs> but obviously paid off again another win for tom on that where did luke place on the i think he was sort of mid table but it was really like the whole competition like it was tense between a oh. few people Wow, the, the, between the five guys, there was literally two points, I think, going into the, the last event, which yeah. I, I honestly think this is probably the most competitive World's Strongest Man I've ever seen. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. And it's the most excited I've been to watch it on Perry. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even though we kind of know the results, we were kind of, you know, I'm, I'm still looking forward to watching it. I, I do wish we get to see it sooner. You know, I, I've got to say that. I think the fact that we've got to wait six months is, particularly in the UK, I think in the States, they get it quite soon. Yeah, I think you can get like a VPN thing and set your computer to think it's in the States and watch it on YouTube. Oh, we might have to do that. Which you definitely can't do. Like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, um, we, we didn't advise that on here. <laughs> so event three of day one was the... Was it the Kektos? Kektos. No, yeah, Kektos, yeah. So um, we kind of knew Tom would be good at the Kektos. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He, um, annoyingly, he forgot the one thing we've been saying all the way through training, which is if you think you're close enough, take another step back. Okay. Because I've seen 
some sort of shaky clips of it, and it looked like it was about three feet over the bar, but they were landing in front of it. Yeah, so, it's getting that trajectory right is, is such yeah. a, an important part of it. Well, I saw I saw the clip of Brian Shaw getting the win, and I have I have to say he hit that perfectly. Yeah, Just he either, it was either perfect or close. I'm not sure uh, the, the, the angle that it kind of went over. You could have not, you know, if that was even at a different angle, it wouldn't have gone over. It looked like it was going to hit it. It was like it handbrake turned. Over <laughs> the Unbelievable. And, you know, I, I know, obviously, you with the Stoltmans, but but what a champion Brian Shaw is. Oh, I mean, I'm a fan of Strongman. Like, I love the sport. I know you are. And alongside, you know, there's a lot of people I look up to, but Brian Shaw is Brian Shaw, you know. Like, he's one of the greatest strong, Strongman there's ever been. And to see him compete anywhere in any event, is sort of amazing. But to see him do keg toss, like, he's really good at it. Like, it's so nice to see. Unbelievable. I mean, obviously, we were all super excited that, that Tom had such a good first day. He dropped one and a half points on day one. That's yeah, just almost the perfect start. Five and a half points going into the lead onto day two. I really didn't think Brian had a hope in hell, if I'm honest. And... He a few people messaged me and said, like, oh, Tom's got it wrapped up. And I was like, he does not. No. Like, he 100% does not, because Brian Shaw's in this competition. And, and the thing is, as, as a coach or as an athlete, you don't want that in your head. You want to be focused on giving 100% on every single event. But I thought, you know, I know how good Tom's pressing's become. I've seen some in, um, amazing numbers. He's really, you know, maybe not quite as good as Luke, but he's pushing Luke now on the on yeah. the. Hit 210 a couple of times in training, so it's good. It's, you know, it's a weird one where, in the same way that Luke's stones don't look great in training, it's because the person returning the stones to him is Tom. Yeah. So, you know, you look at Tom's videos and you're like, oh, that's good. And then you're like, oh, hang on. Like, <laughs> put 210 up. Like, that's really good. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you almost don't get credit when your, your training partner's that good. It's, yeah. it's quite funny, but both of them great pressers and Luke coming out looking comfortable with the win. Yeah, um, we'd sort of been prepping to be, how do you fret? If he needed to press 230 to win the event, he'd have pressed 230. Do you think he could have got 230 even after all those events? I think the way he felt going into that event, if there was 250 on a log, he'd have pressed it. It was, I'm going to win this no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, and Z's there. Like, yeah. to have Big Z in the crowd, or not, you know, as part of the crew, in the final of World's Strongest Man, put any weight on that log and Luke will press it. I, I really think Luke's going to break the record later this year. Yeah, I think as soon as he wants to, I think... He, he's capable of it. I was I was looking at the biggest logs ever lifted at World's Strongest Man, and I thought that 215 might be the biggest. It's the second biggest log there's ever been at World's Strongest Man. <laughs> Zadrunas has done 220 kilos at World's. Oh, typical. So, of, course <laughs> of course it was Zadrunas, but to, uh, Luke, sorry, made, made it look good, to be honest, and I can't yeah. wait to see him push the log later in the year when it's just focusing on log and not the, the whole contest. Yeah, it'll be amazing. He's just, 
got hydraulic arms. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, you know, it's going to be great watching him, uh, Graham Hicks and Ian Bibby all pushing each other. I think those three battling together in the same contest, we could see something just superb. Oh, be I think I think Luke's got probably the best clean in the world. I'd agree. Then, like Bibby's shoulders are just ridiculous. Bibby, in my opinion, Bibby has the most power, the most raw power. Yeah, just get think, it up. Yeah, I think Luke and Graham are technically a little better. Yeah, oh, what a show that's going to be, though. Like to see those three head to head and chuck Tom in the mix, sort of. <laughs> you I think, think Tom um, could get up there for the record? Well, Luke was saying because Tom, Tom just copies what Luke does. You know, if Luke's having a good session, Tom's having a good session. And Luke said, like, if I get the world record and Tom just turns up and goes, that'll look fun, and just smashes the world record. <laughs> <laughs> you, what, what do you reckon Tom would chase more, the, the log or the deadlift? Oh, I think he's arguably closer to the log. You know, he doesn't wear a suit. He doesn't yeah. suit wearing a suit, which is a weird sentence to say. Um but I think the log, you know, he's hit 210 comfortably a few times. His reps are coming up and up. So I think he'll be... It's tricky because the person breaking the record is going to be British, but I think he could challenge for the British log record fairly soon. But then all of a sudden, that'll be the world record. Yeah, that, that's... We have some ridiculously good log pressers in the UK. We've got... Some ridiculously good strong man. Yeah, no, this is this is very true. <laughs> no, it's true, man. Arguably, as sort of a country nation, sort of probably the highest density of elite level strongmen. I think you're right. And I mean, women, to be fair, because the strong women are mind blowing. I keep saying I'd love to see some sort of team competitions, maybe with different weight classes, the men and the women, maybe like a, a UK versus the States type contest. That could be pretty fun. Open 105, under 90, under 80, and then the 63, 82 open women. Yeah. Like just best of everything, let's go. It would be really interesting and fun. Yeah, it'd be... There's so much, like, strongman's just amazing as a sport. There's so much potential for it to be fun for in so many ways. Yeah, it's just getting more and more popular as well. More people competing, more people training, more gyms that have access to strongman equipment. So it's it's definitely just growing and growing. Before we go off topic, I want to finish on, on, on the Worlds. How did you feel as the coach, you know, sitting with the family and stuff and, Brian Shaw closes the gap to one point going into the Atlas Stones. It was strange because I'd say 99.9% of me went, well, Tom's won Worlds. Like, that's it. You know, last time they went head-to-head, -head, I think Tom beat Brian by nine seconds. Like, Tom is the best stone lifter in the world. But there is that little niggle that just goes, what if he cocks up, though? This, this, this is exactly it. And it's one of those events where there is that possibility. We've seen it so so many World's Finals, you know, where... Someone lifts a stone over the platform, you know. Yeah, 
Hudson Poundstone where it just caught the lip and slipped off and Puds pipped him and it's just like I mean there's a reason World's Strongest Man ends with stones and that's because it's got to be the best event as a spectacle and a way to finish and this set of stones I think they've been using this set now since 2015 there's yeah just uh up to the 210, like the world's heavy set. Yeah, the, two, the 210 stone is the last one. Tom's time this year is the second fastest time ever. The fastest time ever was last year, also by Tom. Yeah, so it's not bad, is it? It's not bad, you know. Um, people, I've seen people make a few excuses for other athletes. And, you know, I think the fact is Tom is the best stone lifter on the planet. He kept his cool. He did exactly what he needed to do. And... It, it, it must have still been a nervous situation for him, even though he's got that confidence on the stones. He's going for his first ever World's Strongest Man win. I thought he held it together perfectly. Yeah, I'm honest. I've said it in every post, in every, even like strangers in the street. Like, I'm so unbelievably proud of how he kept himself together because you've competed with Tom for a long time and you know that it might not have gone that way. Yeah. And it's not that long ago where it would have been almost 50-50. But, you know, you see clips of him beforehand. There's clips of him getting ready to go out for stones and few photos. And that man is going to win stones. Like, he, he knew, like, that's it. Just turn up, do what he does, and no one in the world can beat him. Yeah. Uh, I agree. And, you know, as devastating it was to, to see Luke's results coming in, because Luke is equally such a great stone lifter. Do you, do you know exactly what happened on the stones with Luke? Um, from the looks of it, his tacky was just slipping all the time. Like the first stone, he had two, two attempts of getting it off the floor. And it's a stone he should be one motioning straight away. But Luke's really hot. As a person, you know, like even in Scotland, he's <laughs> yeah. sweating. Like he's just constantly sweaty. So we tried using stone sleeves, but we couldn't get gaffer tape to stick to his arms because he was sweating so much. And so we're going to have to reassess and, you know, figure out a better solution because yeah. if the tacky works for Luke, he can put, you know, we saw a Brits. Last year, I think he was second or third on stones. Like I think Bish and Tom beat him. Like he is a good stone lifter. He's I, fast. I think he's won the stones at Britain's before. Yeah, I think, I think so. Like he's he is a good stone lifter. But you know yourself that sort of tacky that isn't working is probably worse than no tacky. Well, this is something unless you've competed. This is you know people always talk about Atlas stones the conditions that you lift in can vary massively and change how the stones feel. And, uh, you know, the temperature that these guys were lifting in was just scorching. I think it was about 42 degrees. You know, the, yeah, the, the tacky is going to be melting. The humidity will affect how the stones feel. All these things have an impact. You know, I've in perfect conditions, it's easy for a good level strongman to lift a 200, 210 kilo stone in the gym, fresh, you know, do it in a competition at the end of 12 events in these kind of conditions with the pressure on of, you know, potentially being on the podium, potentially winning. It's a different kettle of fish. Yeah, it's, I keep saying to people, like, Worlds is brutal. Like, I've 
very obviously never competed, but I've been really fortunate to go out to the competition in Manila. I was helping Paul Smith and then ended up helping Johan Els in the final. And seeing, like you watch it on telly and you think, oh, it looks quite hard. And you go to like UK's or giant shows and you're like, God, this is, this is pretty brutal. Yeah. But then when you're fortunate enough to see what World's Strongest Man's like and you watch someone walk off the bus at the end of the day and they are struggling to eat and they, you know, it takes them 10 minutes to walk down a corridor because like everything hurts. And then 12 hours later, the whistle goes for the next event. Like it's unbelievably hard work. It, it like, really, really doing is. Have you like 12 years of World's Strongest Man, was it? I qualified for 12. I competed in 11. So, yeah. Like, I, 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 <laughs> people keep asking me, am I going to go back to Worlds? And the answer is no. And it's, you know, not because I don't want to. Like, I'm okay with a, a one-day one competition with five events. I can still put my body through that. To prepare yeah. for a 12-event contest that's brutal against the best guys in the world, my body just can't do that anymore. And no, it's, it's I, I don't brutal. want to put my body through it because I know, like, at the moment, I can get, maybe I can get to 90% of my best. And 90% of my best with the right events, I can still hold my own in a one-day show. But again, that world's strongest man against the best guys in the world, 90% of my best, and I will come last in my group. That's yeah. that's the difference. Course. That 10% makes such a difference. And these guys are so good. They're so dedicated. They're, you know, they're in their prime. I've had my prime, and I'm okay with that. It's, you know, sometimes we have to accept that. And I, I, I've got to give Brian credit, because Brian came back this year, and he's been unbelievable. And... I, I've, I've not seen the best of Brian in a number of years. And Brian still isn't 100% Brian. No, it was... Brian was 95%. You know, he's got... And that's the best we've seen. It's, sorry, man. I, it's, I said, go on. It's so spectacular to see that, you know, Brian Shaw's back. So, yeah, all right. Yeah, he was back for the last five years. Yeah, Brian's really good, but he's not an issue. And then Brian Shaw turns up and you just go, oh, that Brian's back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and like, he, he was so good this year, you know. Yeah. And I'd still say he's only 95% of his best. And I don't believe he can get to 100%. The fan, the fan in me would love him to. The coach in me hopes it's downhill from now. <laughs> like, Because Brian Shaw at 100% is is a worry for every competitor in the world. Oh, Brian Shaw is without question. He's always going to be in the argument of who's the greatest of all time. Same yeah. as Zadrunas. Zadrunas is never going to be the best Zadrunas we've ever seen. He might come to a competition and put in a great performance, but he's never going to be that dominant force that he was 10 you know, years ago. Yeah. Even guys like... Eddie, Eddie in 2017 peaked perfectly. He pushed his body to the absolute limit to do that. Eddie's never going to get back to that. No, I and think it, I think it's like with with Big Z, the Druna Saviscus could come back and compete, but I don't think Big Z's coming back. No, he could he could potentially maybe get to the final. Yeah, you know, which is still amazing, and this is the thing, you know, still world class, but to win. You need uh, guys like Tom, 
He's in his prime. Guys like Novikov, he's only 25 years old. He's getting better. Even the disappointment this year, that guy's going to be back next year. Potential return of Kiliushkovsky. Uh, and then a whole host of other great youngsters in their 20s, just getting better and better and better. Father time catches up with the older guys. As, as much as we like to deny it and, you know, think about what we used to be able to do, it's a young man's sport, just like MMA, just like, you know, all these other sports. That Yeah, it's the same when you started, though. You know, there was... The old guard was still in, and you lot turned up and took over. Exactly that. And that's, you know... And now Tom's in his prime. He needs to make the most of this now. I mean, how many times do you think Tom can win Worlds? I, he'll win it until he's bored of winning it. Really? Yeah, the thing... Speaking to Tom, like over the last day, it's a bit hazy because they've been celebrating for. Of course, <laughs> I'm sure he has. Um, but he has realised what it feels like to win world's strongest man, and I don't think he ever wants to stop me with that. So well, I think five, five probably. He's think... twenty-seven. He's not good yet. He's got another eight years. <laughs> He's not good yet. <laughs> there you go. Tom Stoltman isn't good yet, and he is the world's strongest man. Dan, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, oh, thank you as well for, for helping keep me updated with what was going on at Worlds. It's been a, a stressful week for all of us. Look forward to coming to see you guys and, you know, Dale as well, and um, training with, with Luke and Tom at some point. But, um, yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for having me on, man. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure. Just before we go, where can people find you if they want to follow you on social media? Uh, Dan underscore Hipkiss. I've kept it simple. There we go. We will put Dan's link into the description below. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this Talking Strongman with the coach of the current World's Strongest Man, Tom Stoltman, and the awesome Luke Stoltman. Dan, take care. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. While you're here, guys, subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of my awesome strength content.